This is episode number 89 of the Homeowner Show. Whether you're DIY or looking to hire, we're here to help you find the best information and options for you and your home. My name is Kevin Hackett, and across the internet is Craig Williams. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Homeowner Show. We're so glad that you could join us for this episode. We're ecstatic, excited, and super califragilisticexpialidociously happy that you could be here with us. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we are. Yep. Those things. Mm-hmm. Let me let yeah. me tell you guys something. We we had an incident last week. Yeah? A little bit of an incident. Okay. And l- let me tell you guys something. Do not ever try and make it your ambition to convince Kevin that the world is round. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. I'm nothing if not persistent if I think I'm right. The, uh, Kevin definitely believes in mob rule. <laughs> hey all i know is that uh i he, think my friends are better than your friends <laughs> <laughs> your your friends definitely carry pitchforks and torches way better than mine <laughs> that is for I, certain I, I i actually think there's another explanation mm. i think that you were wrong no Oh, well, yeah, that's the that's the most logical explanation, more than anything else. Not according to definitions. Well, it depends on which definition you look at. No, not really. To be fair. I no, mean, like, maybe if you want to go back to, like, the, like, 1870s Merriam-Webster, then sure, like, appliances or teeth. But other than that, <laughs> you're, you're, <laughs> okay. you're skating on thin ice. <laughs> so, so if you didn't listen to last week's episode, uh, we, we did our, our top three appliances mm-hmm. in the kitchen and you could only pick three and Craig's number one was a kitchen sink and a combo faucet. He, he threw the faucet. I in said there sink too, and I'm, faucet. Yeah. Sink and faucet, which I'm fine with. Um, except the fact that if you go look at the internet, uh, at least the Facebook and whatever else we put that out on, um, it's clear that most people in the world believe that a kitchen sink is not an appliance. However, I just want everyone to to recognize the fact that Kevin just went looking for truth on the internet and validation. Just saying. Well, that's pretty much the only place I can get it. (laughs) These days that's true. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, um, we put the question out there and overwhelming majority of people agree that a kitchen sink is not an appliance. I mean, there was a couple of people who Craig convinced was a kitchen sink. I think he owes them a steak dinner, but, um, but let me, let me, let me actually, let me actually put a little asterisk in there. None of the people that agreed with me, I knew. Okay. That's fair. Uh, let, me, let me actually let me back that up. I think there was two that agreed with me that I knew. Let me, let me clarify. Adrian agreed with you. Most of the people that agreed with me, I didn't know. I have yeah. never met before. And by we're by friends most, now. Though. You mean by most you mean both of them? <laughs> There's <laughs> definitely more than two. So. So anyway, um, it was it was also it was also the people that agreed with me that were willing to make arguments. The people that agreed with you just said no. Which is much easier to say no than it is to say yes against someone who's already making an argument. Well, that that 
that's somewhat true. There were plenty of arguing going on. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of arguing. Yes. Either way, I think we can still remain friends somehow through this. Um, to your face, yes. <laughs> in, uh, in the dark corners, I'm plotting. <laughs> that's fine. I'm good with that. Other than having your ego stripped on Facebook, how you doing, man? Oh, you assume I have an ego. <laughs> that's very generous of you. <laughs> oh, well, do what I can. <laughs> the, the, honestly, the part that was the funniest to me is the people that were getting frustrated with me thought that I actually cared. <laughs> oh, yeah. I Well, they don't know you very well. <laughs> it was at, at that point, it was just fun. Yeah, so. absolutely. My my absolute favorite one was so so if if you go back and, and listen uh, to the episode, but then look at the internet post, the Facebook post specifically. Um, Craig uses Wikipedia as his source mm-hmm. for for a kitchen sink being an appliance. My now, my favorite. Now to be well, fair, well, well, hey, back up. I didn't use it as okay. a source. I used it as an example. And what I was pointing out is that no one had any hard evidence to the contrary. You can say Wikipedia but, is, you know, false all you want or a bad source. Or that's fine. But unless you have a more credible source that has better information, cool, I'm willing to look at it. No, all, all anybody could say was Wikipedia is a terrible source. Great. What's your source? Nobody had anything. Well, well the funniest part was that. But this is uh, funny. I- this is hilarious. One of my friends went and changed the Wikipedia source, this the 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 website that said, and and changed it to to include the sentence, "A kitchen sink is not an appliance. not an appliance." Yeah, <laughs> and and uh, the, the the crazy thing, it was within ten minutes, it had struck down, been changed yeah. back, which was hilarious. <laughs> So yeah, the whole, the fact that he's, that he went in and did that anyway, the whole, the whole scenario was fun. Well, the, the funniest part was like, he was, he was transparent yeah. about both of them. Like he, he posted the picture showing where he changed it. And then he was like, look, they've changed it back. So yeah. I don't know who yeah. changed it back, but no. somebody apparently is very adamant about that being included in the list on Wikipedia. So yeah, I didn't know you could access the internet that quickly, Greg. <laughs> well, <laughs> with my chicken pecking <laughs> Typing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that's good. Well, we're going to continue today with uh, kind of a top three as well with our episode. And Um, we we learned uh, our lesson from last time and defined nothing. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Um, the, The only difference is that we made sure that we didn't include the same ones this time, which I think we were more... um, it was a bigger issue last week to possibly include the same one. But this week, what we're going to do is we're going to go into our garage, our, our virtual garage here, and we are going to pull out our top three most unique tools that we have in our garage, right? Yep. So I'll just go ahead and start. One of the things that, uh, that I did this weekend is uh, is I put mulch in all of the the garden beds around my house. Now, I, I should tell you first of all that when we bought this house, the first thing I said was, 
we we will own way too many flower beds if we purchase this house. <laughs> and and that is evidenced in the fact that it took me five yards of mulch to fill the beds in our house around our house. Come on, Kevin. It only takes ten yards to get a first down. Oh, well, I was halfway there. And those games um, only last like two hours. <laughs> well, this took a lot longer than that. Uh, in in the back of my half ton truck, it took it took me three loads of of mulch to get it full. Now, I know there are plenty of people out there that are interested in just buying the bag mulch mm-hmm. because it's easy. They see it at Home Depot, they pick it up, whatever. Um, and and I guess there's value to that um but you're spending a lot of money for some plastic surrounding mulch yes uh i i mean so five yards of mulch i i, I can tell you that it would probably equate to at least two pallets of uh two full pallets of bagged mulch at least mm-hmm. um and i only spent a hundred bucks for for all of it so I actually don't uh, know what you, what bagged mulch is going for these days, but I mean it's like three bucks a bag. Okay. Um, and, and so I mean, whenever whenever you look at it, uh, a pallet's going to cost you over a hundred bucks, probably. Sure. So, you know, it. it you assume it's a fifty, sixty am- bags on a pallet, yeah. Right. It, it's a different amount of work because instead of just picking up a bag and putting it in the in the bed cutting it open, dumping it out, and then spreading it, you're having to, you know, put the mulch into a, a wheelbarrow, or for me, we have a gorilla cart. Mm-hmm. Put it in the gorilla cart, carry it around, and then, you know, dump it, basically. It's a, it's a different amount of work. I don't know that it's less or more, especially if you have this tool in your garage. So, um, this tool is actually... Uh, owned by my mother-in-law uh but we we both use it um it is it's a pitchfork but it is shaped like a regular garden hoe would be shaped so the tines actually fork downward mm-hmm. and and the tines so there's four tines on it and they're probably eight inches long and so one of the things about mulch is uh it, it's it's not very easy to shovel <laughs> yeah. And so getting it out of your truck bed if you buy it at the, you know, at the construction place and they just dump it in by the bucket load is getting it out of your truck is not the easiest thing in the world and you know most people use a garden rake or something like that and and even still it's it's difficult. It could not be easier to rake out mulch into whatever container you're putting it in for us, the gorilla cart, than using this specific pitchfork. It was amazing. Um, I, I, we, we did the entire thing in probably, I don't know, four hours. I would say, no, now I had, I had my mother-in-law and my five-year-old working with me and, uh, believe it or not, my five-year-old was an amazing help. <laughs> he, he he helped. I mean, all day he was he was working with us. I was I was shocked at how much 
work he did. Uh, my daughter, on the other hand, uh, she was she was out after about five minutes. <laughs> five minutes, she was like, "I'm going to go play inside." So, but I'll, I'll tell you, man, without that, because I've done it without that tool before, uh-huh. and it's just not fun does getting it, it does out. Does it of have the back. a specific name? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Um, it's a fork of some sort. Okay. I, I need to look. I'll, I'll look as you're talking about your. Uh, number three, I will look and see if I can figure out what it's called. Okay. So. Does, it, does that mean it's my turn now? It's your turn oh, now. Okay, cool. My my number three uh, was actually a uh, a gift to me at my cousin's wedding. Uh, I was I think I was like an usher or something in that wedding. Anyway, one of the he gave tools to all of his uh, groomsmen and ushers, which was really cool. Um, okay. And this is a pair of reversible pliers. Um, oh. And I've I've yet to see another pair like it. I probably would have bought another one, except I've just never been able to find one. So I've had this one. Gosh, I, th- I think I've, I think I've had this pair almost fifteen years. Um. But it, it, it basically, it's a, I mean, it looks like a regular pair of pliers if you're just looking at it. Uh, it's got a stub nose set of pliers, and then if you reverse it, it turns into a pair of needle nose pliers. Really? Uh, so yeah. it's a two-in-one? Two-in-one. Um, I can't tell you the number of times that thing has been so helpful. Um, huh. on uh, just all kinds of different jobs. I mean, like I'm, you know, and, and like on the, on the needle nose side, it also has a pair of like wire cutters back at the back end. A lot of needle nose pliers have that though. That's nothing sure. unique to that. Right. But I mean, as, as far as like, you know, going to have to go do like a job and like, I've got my, my tool belt on, you know, n- not having to have an extra set of pliers in there. I've got, you know, the two and one right there that just, I mean, it, it almost, it, it's almost like a switchblade knife that you can flip it back and forth really, really quickly. Um, Interesting, and it's they're still in great shape, and it's it's been a great. I mean, it's a little you know, it's got a little oxidation on it. I clean it off every once in a while, and, you know, put a little oil in there, yeah. and make sure it's still loosey goosey. Um, but man, yeah. just just a, I wish I, I actually I I actually brought some of my other props. I didn't bring that pair in here with me. I kind of wish I had so I can put it up on the video. Um, if I can, I'll post a picture of it later on this uh, this week up on Instagram, um, just so people can see what what I'm talking about. Um, but it's a super cool pair of pliers. I mean, one of my, one of my favorite yeah. tools, I mean, not aside from just being unique, it's just a really, really useful tool. Yeah. I've got something similar to that, only very different. Um, it's, a <laughs> you put it on, <clears throat> it's a drill. If bit. a sentence could be a person, that sentence was you. <laughs> Thank you. I'll, I'll take that. Um, it's a drill bit, but it it's reversible like it it'll it'll flip between uh two things that you can put in it and so you can put a drill bit in one side and uh like a phillips head on the other side okay so you can drill something flip it around and then screw something in for example and you never have to switch out the 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 drill bit or the bit at that's all that's cool <clears throat> so, so yeah it's just kind of a two in one which is kind of what you're talking about it's it's two tools in one which is and that anytime you can do that successfully, yeah, that's a that's an important tool. Yeah, because I think I think you do see stuff like that done all the time. It's just usually cheap crap that doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't work. It's a novelty, and it it's gonna break. It just doesn't. You know, the the multi tool like the the Leathermans, those are probably a good a good example because you can get off brand Leathermans and they're horrible, right? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that's probably a good way to start an get... internet fight. <laughs> Who makes the best multi-tool? <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that, you're probably right about that. So. You know there's some Gerber fans okay. out there. Oh, yeah. And, and, and honestly, I mean, there's, there's others that are good. Leatherman just is the, the brand that people know. Right? Yeah. So, all right. You ready for number two? I'm ready for your, your number two. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> well, here it comes. Uh, um, <laughs> Squeeze it out, Kev. So, I will. I will. Uh, so, my my when I when I got married, my in laws felt it would be hilarious to get me, you know, some of the most unique things that they could find. One of them is since I'm a Texas Tech fan, trying to find all things Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, w- which was fun because I got like ridiculous things with Texas Tech logos on them. Uh, but the other thing is I'm left-handed as are you. Yeah. And so, um, so I'm left-handed. And one of the things that people that are left-handed know is that we do not live in a left-handed world. No, we absolutely live in a right-handed world in ways that most people can't even fathom. Um, I didn't even know that we, you could bat left-handed until I was like 13 years old. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I play golf right-handed. Um, I mean, there, there's a lot of things that, like, even spiral notebooks. Do you remember when they came out with like the left-handed spiral notebooks? Yeah, and like the the spirals on the other side. Um, so, th- which you you would think maybe you could just turn a spiral notebook upside down, and it's essentially the same thing. But, um, you know. Most left-handed people just know that whenever you write in a spiral notebook, you're going to get spiral indentions on your hand, right? Yep. It's just the way it goes. Um, I didn't know that people could actually rest their arm on a desk to write. To write. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. I just thought that was just in the way. Yeah, we had um, adolescent tendonitis of the elbow from... Yeah, but until one day uh, I was in high school and I walked into a room and there was one left-handed desk in there. And I'm like, Huh. I never knew that was a thing. Um, so anyway, we live in a very left-handed world. So, uh, sorry, right-handed world and left-handed people just adapt. Um, we learn to use scissors just like everybody else does. We just, we pull on them instead of push on them, so to speak. So my mother-in-law found me one of the coolest things. I I use it all the time and it is a left-handed tape measure. So, so I, I know this is crazy, but I mean, you think about if most people you grab, you grab the, uh, the end of the tape measure, I've got it here for a prop. you grab the, the end of your tape measure, uh, with your left hand and you pull with your right hand. Right. Right. And when you do that, you see the numbers, uh, as if, as if it's facing you, right. right. They're, they're right. They're right side up. But for a left-handed person, we would do that backwards. We would turn it over and we would hold with our right hand and we would pull with our left hand, making the numbers upside down. So she gave me uh, this. And it's very generic. I mean, there's nothing cool about it other than it's just silver. Right. There, it's no, it's no brand or anything. But when I when I pull it, uh, the numbers are. It, I know it's hard to see on on this because I'm using a virtual background. The numbers are, are actually facing me whenever I pull it with my left hand. So 
Uh, I, I know that doesn't seem like a very big deal, but uh, a lot of times whenever you're trying to do a job and all I, you know, I have to read numbers upside down. It's really a lot yeah. easier if I can read them right side up, you know? Yeah. Um, so in fact, most, most people um, uh, adapt to that anyway and, and figure it out. But um, anyway, one of the, it's unique. We're, we're going for unique tools yes, here. Unique. This is a unique this is a unique tool that most people do not have in their toolbox is a left-handed tape measure. Yep. I, I don't have one. I, honestly, I don't even know if it would probably freak me out to try and use it. I've been using right-handed yeah. tape measures for so long. Yeah. It's like whenever I pick it up and use it, which I, I try to use it most more than my other ones. And it's a good tape measure. I mean, it's, it's, it's good heavy duty. Um, but I, I, when I pick my other ones up, sometimes I'm like, Oh, I forgot <laughs> <laughs> that it's backwards. Uh, and a lot of times for me, cause I, I do a lot of woodworking. And so whenever I'm doing woodworking, um, it, it makes a difference on, on which direction I pull it based on how I'm going to mark things. Right. Um, and, and so you, you know, you're, you're cutting from one side of the board and measuring from the other side of the board. And so anyway, all that to be said, the left-handed tape measure comes in really handy for me. Yeah. That's cool. All right, so my number two is this fangledy-dangledy orange-looking thingy that you can't see if you're listening. Um, but it's essentially a pair of pliers with a hook on the side. Uh, if you can watch, the, if you're seeing the video, you can see that. And then I'll do this number. It's like a little flathead, wide flathead, spring-loaded pair of pliers. Um, and as far as unique goes, it doesn't get much more unique than this because it is made... This is a, I mean, like, unless you're in my industry, you probably would never, ever see these. Um, these, it's, I mean, they're, we, we just call them the, the Centricon pliers is what we call them. Uh, because they are for taking the lid off of Centricon stations and then pulling bait up out of the ground to check for termites. Um, this tool saves me so much time. It is crazy. Um, because if... If you're like me and you do Centricon on houses all the time, uh, they actually send you a tool for inspecting these things. And all it is is a flat piece of plastic with a hook on the other end. And you're supposed to like slide that piece of plastic into the groove in order to turn the lid and pop it off. Does it work well? No, it sucks. Yeah, of course it does. And they, they there's a reason they send you like five in a box. Because um, <laughs> they just they don't work and they just break. Right. Um, sure. but with these things, I can actually just reach down, grab the lid, twist it off, check the bait, move on with my business. Super, super cool tool. Um, really expensive though. Um, and like, and it has like us patent written all over it. I mean, <laughs> these guys really <laughs> covered their tracks. Um, and are they wanted you to know. Yeah. Um, they, they, there are some other versions that they've come out with that we've tried to save a little bit of money with. And the, the cheap ones are cheap for a reason they break too. Um, and like, I've, I think again, like this is a pair, I think I've had well over a decade. Um, that wow. I, I use it at least, you know, two or three times a week. Um, wow. so it's, it's, it's a, it's a unique tool in that most people, if you saw a picture of it, you would have no idea what it was for. Um, people in my industry, I didn't know. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a neat tool, but I mean, like, I mean, j just for, just for reference, I mean, like, I don't think anybody would be willing to pay $80 for a pair of pliers. No, well, it, it's not a type of pair of pliers that you would ever 
really use unless you were in that specific need. I mean, which right. is what makes it unique. I mean, if you're looking, if you're not, if you're not watching this, it it al- they almost look like a hammerhead shark. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like because yeah, I mean, it's got. Let me put it back up here. I mean, you can kind of see that's. And yeah, then, and it opens like that. Yeah, so. and so it kind of kind of looks like a hammerhead shark on on some level, but uh, I I would most people would have no need for that type of of tool right so so okay so cool. it's unique very unique so, so uh you know what else is unique kev tell me finding a good plumber oh man plumbers are the worst sometimes <laughs> they, they can be when they're bad plumbers. yeah yeah and they're out there trust me they're out there but we happen to be sponsored by a great plumber a master plumber correct matter of fact paul the plumber that's right paul so any of your plumbing needs leaky faucet who are you going to call kev i'm going to call paul the plumber every single time toilet breaks down i'm going to call paul the plumber shower um paul the plumber if you want to know if a sink's an appliance Honestly, he might be on my side because he's going to say it's a fixture, which is fine. He might. Um, he might. Either he might way, it's a fixture. no matter what he says, he's still a good plumber. So give him a call. You can reach out to him at 832-521-3252 and book him on Facebook. Book him on the website. Super easy. And virtual inspections. I, I, that blows my mind the idea of being able to do virtual inspections. Uh, one of the things that, that takes more time than anything is getting people to come out and give you quotes on stuff. Right. It, it's awful. I mean, you, you bring people into your home, especially right now. Uh, in, in and it's frustrating time. because your stuff doesn't get fixed. Right. Yeah. I gotta go get some parts. <laughs> right. So they bring the right parts on the truck because they've already seen what your issue is. And man, these days with pictures and, and cameras that we've got, it's it's a no-brainer to be able to do that kind of thing. And, he, and they and they do. So hey, cut out the you know finding other plumbers. Just call him. That guy right there. There he is. Give him a call. Get you taken care of. Let That's him know right. you heard about it on the homeowner show. That's right. Homeowner All right, Kev. show referral. So I, I mentioned earlier that, that I do woodworking. It's something that I, I, I grew up hanging out around my dad. He, he did a lot of woodworking. And so it's just something I've really enjoyed doing and, and, and love doing. But one of the biggest problems that I've always had is the, um, the workbench. Mm-hmm. The, the workbench area is always a point of contention with me. And there have been a lot of people who have tried to fix this problem. I mean, there, there's a, there's a company out there called Shopsmith. Uh, if, if you've never heard of them, they basically have, um, a system where everything that you could possibly think of for woodworking is kind of integrated into this one machine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's great. Um, it's big and it's got a lot of pieces to it. And, one of the things that is difficult is you've got all of these components, you've got all these tools and having a bench that accommodates everything is very difficult. And so I started researching 
how how can I integrate multiple things into one bench? How can I make it more functional? And in the space that I've got, which is just a garage, um, the the more I can kind of maximize the space that I've got, the better. So I started doing research, and uh, I, I found out about through a, through a mutual friend of ours about a guy named Ron Polk, uh, P-A-U-L-K. And he's designed a, a type of workbench that um, his is a little bit different than the one that I've got, but it's got, uh, it's got dog holes throughout the entire surface of it. And if you don't know what that's for, uh, there's lots of uses for it. You can use it for clamping. You can use it for, um, you know, setting. You put you put what they call dogs. They're little um, uh, shafts, basically. They're they're like a tube looking thing. You put it down in the hole. And you put them down one side, and then you can put something up a, a piece of stock up against it and cut a straight line. There's all kinds of things that you can do uh, with these. But this this table fully assembles and disassembles and it's portable um and it's got dog holes through the entire thing so it's got a lot of options i'm not done with it because i'm going to do some other things with it i'm going to uh, install some t-track into it i'm going to um, put a router table in it and some other things and so it's going to become even more functional than it currently is uh but man this this bench is is one of the most creative multifunctional uh, tool benches, workbenches specifically for woodworking that I've ever found. And I don't know very many people that have one, uh, but the, the, the idea behind it has been around for a long time because I remember my dad, when I was growing up, he, he had this little table um, and, and some of you may have seen him before is a black and Decker little workbench mm-hmm. and and it had little um i don't know what they're they're called but they would they would expand and contract and you could put a piece of wood in between it and you could sand it down or whatever and there were dog holes in the top of it and you could put a piece of wood in it and clamp it together and you could use it you know if you're gluing things up you could do lots of different cool things with it so the idea has been around a long time this guy's just really maximized it with the uh, function. So we'll link up the, um, his website mm. and he's got some, some great videos on YouTube that, you know, he's got his plans for sale. Uh, the one that I've got is completely unique because, um, the guy that I was mentioned earlier that, that told me about this guy, uh, he designed and had this bench cut out with the CNC machine. And I, it wound up not being exactly what he needed, after all, he wanted some modifications made to it, and so I bought it off of him. Okay. And so, um, but it he never used it because it it had some imperfections to it, and so it never really got used. So anyway, I, it's it's just a a really really cool thing. And um, if you're if you're a woodworker at all, I highly encourage you to look into Ron Polk and and how he's building benches for people to work on. So cool. No, man, like go. a, a good workbench is, uh, they're tough to come by. I mean, most, most guys oh, end really up kind of building their own. Uh, a, lot, a lot of people wind up using some saw horses and a, you know, a, 
a sheet of plywood or something. To, Nothing to wrong with off, that. Which, It'll get the job which done. Works. Yeah, absolutely. And it's and I talked about being portable. It's portable. It's easy. It works. Nothing wrong with it. Um, but when it comes to maximizing your capabilities on things, mm-hmm. um, this thing, uh, I'm really really proud of it. It's so, awesome. All right. Yeah. So my number one is a product called Gripple. And I've got it right here. And again, it's, I think all three of mine are sort of a variation on the plier. Um, Not really a theme I intended, but it's what I've got. Um, (laughs) So this product is kind of cool. Um, It's, I think it's only available in England. Uh, Really? Odd enough. Um, And... uh, uh, I mean, if, if you're looking at it here, I mean, like it, it does this number and that's that's really the extent of the tool, which doesn't look like much. Um, now you can, it also does have a tension adjuster down here. Um, okay. Uh, but the main purpose of this tool is repairing barbed wire, which if you've ever spent any time working fence lines or doing any kind of, of ranch work, Barbed wire fencing is what you get punished with. (laughs) (laughs) It's a necessary evil, right? Uh, It's the worst, man. It's the absolute worst. And when we, when we bought the, the house that we're in now, you know, three, three quarters of it is covered is, you know, three, three line barbed wire. Mm. And so before we could even bring the horses out here, I had to clear the fence row and then go through and figure out all the places it was broken. And, I was trying to figure out a way. I was like, all right, this has got too much broken barbed wire. I've either got to, it was, at, at some point, it was going to be easier to t- just take it all down and rerun new line. Oh, man. Um, because it had been cut and just all these different things. But I came across this thing called the gripple. Um, now, it, you do have to have like some little, there's some little nuts that go in this groove right here. Um, and, and basically, it's a, it's a two-way tensioner. The, the gripple little nut that slides in here grabs the wire, and the, as the wire comes through the other side, this wrench actually grabs the other end of the wire and puts tension on the line. So you actually don't have to stretch barbed wire because mm. there's, nothing, nothing, there's nothing ineffective as, as ineffective as loose barbed wire um, and right. ends, ends up getting animals hurt, and it's, you know, it's, it's just ineffective at that point. And so like when it breaks really frustrating because you have to almost run the entire line back to your tension spot but if you've got a good solid tension spot you can stick a gripple on there grab that wire and just and then you within five minutes you've got a repaired line whereas if you had to redo that whole line you've got to retie it you've got to restretch it you've got to i mean just all kinds of things that, that, that that go into it um that just and i for for whatever reason i can't figure it out i can't I, I kind of got this, it wasn't on the black market. I bought it off of eBay. Um, but like, it's, it's almost illegal to sell them in the U S I don't know what the deal is. I don't know if somebody like bought the rights to it and refuses to allow it to be marketed here in the U S or what. Um, cause every, every time I go to buy replacement, cause I mean like those little pieces that you slide in the, in the groove in order to, you know, that the line goes through, I think those are like 25 cents a piece. Um, which, you know, or I've seen them as much as a dollar a piece, either way, totally worth it. And they have different gauge size sizes on those as well. And all of them fit in that tool. And there's just one dude in England that invented it. Um, you know, unlike my other tool, it has zero patents on it. 
over here. <laughs> so at least according to the tool. Um, but man, it's been a fantastic tool. I mean, it took me, I mean, I, I think I had like 10 breaks in the, in the fence when we bought this place and it probably took me two or three hours to fix it with this tool, which wow. that would have taken me, you know, probably a week to restring and stretch and, and do all those, do all that stuff. Barbed wire is the and, worst, and, man. And, and really who, who, not only who has the time to do that, um, who has the desire to do that? I mean, unless you're paying someone to do it, it, that's a, that's a chore. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean like, and usually you're going to get cut up and it's yeah. going to be unpleasant. So it, I mean, yeah, like, absolutely. To, to, to be fair to the barbed wire, it's way easier to put up than like wooden fencing and cheaper. Um, sure. You know, metal stakes, metal ties, barbed wire, stretch it, tie it. Good to go. Th- th- yeah. Like some, some big ranches and stuff like that. They have, I mean, they have farm implements that actually do it for you now. You don't. I mean, oh, like, really? Yeah. I mean, it'll, it, the, there's a machine out there that will just automatically, I mean, it's putting stakes in the ground, stretching and tying, and you're just, you're just walking behind the tractor. It laughs at the gripple. <laughs> well, I mean, so like even, <laughs> even if you have that, right. So like, let's say you have that, you put the, you put the fence in. Well, let's say one of those lines breaks. That, that machine is not, it. yeah, you have to repair it. And that machine's not repairing it. Right. The, you know, whereas, you know, you might have to go through and, and manually restretch that one line. This thing, you can come through, hook it up, you know, and even if like a section gets cut out, you can still use this thing. I've, I've used it multiple different ways. It's, it's really, really cool, but it's, it's hard to find, man. You, I mean, like they, they, I mean, you can't just go down to tractor supply and buy one. Man, so you got to really think ahead. If it's if if you've got a fence like this, it's worth going and doing the research now, so that whenever it comes to the point where you need one, you've got it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, like I have a you're up a creek. Yeah, because I got a stash of those things um, for whenever the fence goes down. I mean, because I I know it's not going to take me any time to right to go out there and fix it now, and I don't mind doing it now either because I I know how easy it is. Yeah, um, and some of those, I mean, like I repaired some of those five years ago. Wow. So that's awesome. Well, we uh, are interested to know what some of the most unique tools that you have in your garage are. Yep. And I know there's a bunch of them. I mean, especially whenever you get into like, if you go into granddad's uh, garage or his barn somewhere and you're going to find some stuff um, that the, first of all, you're probably going, what is this thing? Mm-hmm. And he probably knows exactly what it's for. Go ask him and link it up here, you know, on, on, uh, on our show somewhere, whether it's on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, somewhere, show us, show us what the most unique tools you have in your house are. Yeah. I think we have a couple posts up on Instagram and Facebook right now where you can jump on those threads and share a picture or two. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, man, I think that that does it for today's show. You got anything else? No, if you haven't yet, go ahead and hit the subscribe button, the share button, the like button, the little bird, the whatever, the donkey, the mule, whatever the button is out there, click it, share it, love it, like it, listen, enjoy. All that. Be excellent to one another. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, man, thanks for for downloading the episode and uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Until next week, we are here every single Tuesday. So be looking for us. And thanks for downloading. 
this episode specifically. Until next time, we'll see you later. See you.